good to have you here this morning on this beautiful, uh, can we say summer day? No, okay, yes, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice to have you here. Um, and also want to welcome those, those that are listening online as well. It's good to have you here. Uh, good to have you as part of our series as we're getting into part number two of Ripples. And we said last week that, uh, you know, the series is all about what we do today is going to affect what we do tomorrow or how, what, what we do for the future. Um, you know, procrastination isn't necessarily a good thing when it comes to doing the right thing. So, um, you know, it's important that we understand that whatever we do today is going to have ripples into the future, is going to affect what we do in the future. And we even have um, a theme verse for this. So uh, here's a theme verse again for those of you that um, have forgotten it. Uh, from Galatians 6.9, Apostle Paul writes, Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And we said last week, for many of us, we realize that doing the, the, the right thing or the good thing over a long period of time is exhausting. It's tiring. It, it causes conflict. It's, it's a lot of, uh, it can cause a lot of problems. So, um, you know, here's the Apostle Paul encouraging us to continually do good. Because you can rationalize, you can justify lots of reasons why you need to stop doing good. It's very easy to do that. Um, but the Apostle Paul tells us to continue doing it. And I got a kick out of this this week because we said last week this was, this was the, the, the sowing principle or the seed principle. If you remember, we said that last week. And uh, Dr. Henry Cloud um, posted this just this week, which I thought was really funny. Some people think they should reap every day. But reaping requires sowing. <laughs> think about what you want and begin sowing now. Reaping will eventually come. That's Dr. Henry. I just posted that this week, so I got a big, big, big kick out of that. So um, we're going we're gonna to continue talking about what it is that you should be sowing into your life, you know, what you should be seeding so you can reap something um, down the road later. Now, last week, if you weren't here, we talked about fear, you know, and, and, and what fear can do in, in your life. Um, this week, we're going we're gonna to talk about something totally different, but just as important because I think we deal with it all the time. And um, secondly, it's the fastest way, I think, to start a fight. Um, it's, a, it's the fastest way to start an argument if you want to start an argument. Um, it's, 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 the, it's the fastest way to get you very uncomfortable in a room. And uh, I, think, I think what it is is this thing that we call truth. Okay, if you want to, you, you want to start a fight with anybody, just say to them, I have the truth. Okay, you know, or, or I, I know what the truth is and, and, and all of that. Um, I think you can make a number of people very uncomfortable if, if you kind of take that posture. And in the culture that we live in, you know, truth is, you know, whatever's good for you individually, right? So this whole truth thing is, is, is really important. But secondly, when it comes to being a believer, being a Christian, that's, that's the problem. We claim to have a corner on truth, don't we? Um, you know, because when it comes to you know, when it comes to you know being a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a very very important important thing. That truth is is this thing that we hold uh, very dear. Um, when it comes to the matters of life and death, we have some very clear things about truth. Now, here's here's the reality about truth. Here's the truth about truth. Okay, if I can say it that way is that truth 
no matter what, is going to eventually catch up to you. Be it in your personal relationship, be, in, you know, be it at school, you know, whatever, family, you name it. You can only ignore truth for so long. Uh, eventually, it will catch up to you. Um, and you know what? We don't, we don't necessarily call it truth when, when, when we say that, um, but, but we, we use other language when we talk about truth. Um, have you ever heard somebody say, wait till reality catches up with them? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Or have you ever heard anybody say, um, what else have I got here? Uh, they need to open their eyes to what's actually going on around them. Have you ever heard that? Or, 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 or wait, till they, you know, wait till they finally hear what's really going on. Like, you know, we don't necessarily say, you know, truth, but we know that we use other language, but we know that there's this kind of reality that's happening all around us. We either want to acknowledge it. We either want to accept it. We either, you know, get on board with it. Or if we ignore it for a long period of time, it has repercussions, right? Um, and and some, of the, some of the aha moments for, for some of us in our lives is when we finally woke up and said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I gotta face reality, right? So um, that is, I think, something that each and every one of us has struggled with some form or another in our lives. So we're gonna talk about this thing called truth today. And I'm, uh, I like what Winston Churchill, I found this quote too from Winston Churchill, which I thought was really good. He said, Men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off. As if nothing ever happened. You know, I think, <laughs> I, I think we've all been there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you um, into a little story, into the Old Testament. Um, it's it's going to be kind of like this little journey that we're going to take together. Um, and we're going to wrap it up at the end. But it's, an, it, it's a story about two uh, uh, Jewish kings. Um, into the divided kingdom period. Now, the Jewish nation at one time was one nation, but then through some situations, they ended up being two nations. There was the northern nation of Israel. There was the southern nation of Judah. In the northern nation, there was a man called Ahab, who was the king at that time. We're looking at first kings, okay? In the southern kingdom, there was a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. Okay, so there's Ahab and Jehoshaphat, right? This one, the story begins with Jehoshaphat going to visit King Ahab. And they're kind of related because Jehoshaphat's son was married to Ahab's daughter. Okay, so they've got a little bit of a relationship. So Jehoshaphat from the southern kingdom goes to the northern kingdom to visit Ahab. And they're hanging out together. Now, one of their enemies is a, is, a, is a country called Aram. And Aram is where modern-day Syria is. And when Jehoshaphat and Aram and, 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 and Ahab are hanging around together, Ahab says to Jehoshaphat, guess what? Do you remember that town, Ramoth Gilead, that we used to own as a nation? And the Syrians took it over? Why don't we get our armies together and why don't we go and get that city back? And Jehoshaphat says, yeah, let's do that. My army is your army, and let's plan to do this, okay? 
But what happens in the ancient Near East and what's happened all through history is that every time kings went to war, what do you think they did first? Okay, test is over. Um, They consulted the gods or they consulted the deity, right? Jehoshaphat says, before we go into battle, don't you think we need to consult the Lord? Okay, so this is where I want to take up the story. Okay, here we are in 1 Kings 22. So the king of Israel, which is Ahab, summoned the prophets, about 400 of them. Cool, eh? Should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, yes, go ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, wait a minute. Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? 400 guys who are all saying the same thing. And the king from the south says, time out. Wait a minute. This just doesn't sound right to me. Everybody is chirping the same song. Let's find some other prophet of the Lord. We should ask him the same question. For some reason, Jehoshaphat doesn't recognize these 400 prophets as being godly prophets for whatever reason. So, the king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, there is one more man we could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Right? I hate him. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, that is not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. Pretty cool, eh? So, he wants, he wants, he wants, Jehoshaphat wants to hear from a prophet of the Lord. But listen, it's 400 against one. Wouldn't you, with 400 prophets sitting in front of you as a king, hearing the same thing, wouldn't you say, I think we're good What is it about Jehoshaphat that says, wait a minute, something does not sound right here. So let's call call somebody that at least has a different point of view. Like I know this is prophesying. I know this is the whole thing with God and all this stuff. But isn't the reality that for many of us, okay, here's the reality. Isn't it true that truth is often difficult to hear? Isn't it much easier to hear something when it's something we want to hear, right? How many of us get to a point where we say, you know what, I just want the truth. I just need to hear the truth. I've had enough and I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know what it is that prompted Jehoshaphat, this one king of the south, to acknowledge that, you know, I don't know about you, but how many of us would have been brave enough, bold enough to realize after hearing 400 voices, right? And to ask for another opinion, you know? For another opinion, 
Um, you know, and, and it's really funny. Okay, now, now this is a huge passage. I think it's 40 verses. I'm just giving you bits and pieces. So I'm going to give you the, the story as we go in between bits and pieces. But you know, you know with, the 400, with the 400 prophets, they're actually making horns and everything and pretending in front of the kings and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of a comical uh, picture to, to do. But if you get a chance to read the entire thing, you're going to be reading it, the, the entire thing in your life groups. But it's really funny how they even act out how the kings are going to be successful in, in their particular um, uh, battle going to get Ramoth Gilead. But here's how the story continues. Um, when Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Now the messenger that they sent to get this prophet, this Micaiah, said to Micaiah, listen, when you stand before the kings, you need to make sure you tell the king that he's going to be successful. And Micaiah said, you know what? I'm only going to tell the king what the Lord tells me. That's the, that's the deal we got. So it says here, Micaiah replied sarcastically, Oh, yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give you, give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, Ahab replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? How many times? Then Micaiah told him, Okay, then, in a vision, I saw all of Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. So the prophet is telling the king, if you go to battle, you're a dead man. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat? He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Didn't I tell you? I hate him. I hate him. Now, if 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 you read now, if if you read the rest of the story, if you read the rest, I'm going I'm going to give you the rest of the story, okay? Before I bring this all together, Jehoshaphat and Ahab go into battle, and Jehoshaphat ends up wearing his kingly robes and all this stuff, and and the king of Aram says, if you see Ahab, he tells his charioteers, target that guy, Ahab. Doesn't even dress in his kingly. In fact, in fact, he hides out. He dresses totally different. Doesn't tr- dress as the king. Nobody recognizes him. If you saw him on the battlefield, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even see him. Okay? And recognize him. And a stray arrow, when he thinks all is okay, a stray arrow comes out of nowhere and hits him. And Ahab ends up dying. Okay? So that's, that's kind of like the, the, end of the end of the story. And all of that stuff. But listen, here's, here's, here's what I want to wrap this all around. This is a really cool story, isn't it? It's kind of funny. Okay? Um, except for Ahab. But here's, 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 what I haven't, here's what I haven't told you. Here's what I haven't told you. You've got two kings of Israel. Jehoshaphat is basically a bright light. He's a man who honors God. And in the southern kingdom, he does very good things. And he honors God. So he's basically a good guy. The only time that Jehoshaphat seems to, be a, seems to fall down a little bit and, and, and not do all that well is when he's hanging out with Ahab. 
Now Ahab, from the time he has taken over the throne, he has been evil. He's, he's raised up other altars, raised up other gods. And Ahab has had this nemesis prophet by the name of Elijah, who throughout his reign, Elijah's been telling him, don't do this. God is, is going to punish you. Don't do this. God is going to punish you. You need to, to live your life well. You're a representative of God to the people. You need to start representing the Lord. You, you know? So throughout his entire life, Elijah has been prompting Ahab to live a life that honors God. So he's heard the truth, and 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 he's heard the truth. Heard the truth. Until finally, a final prophet comes up. And do, you know that, and do you know that Ahab said to Micaiah, I'm going into battle and I'm sending you to prison. And he told the guards at the prison, don't let Micaiah out until I come back. So, but he's heard the truth and 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 he's heard the truth. Here's the truth about truth. Okay? Here, here, here are the points I want to make. And this is, this is kind of anecdotal. This is my experience when it comes to this whole thing of truth. Because every Sunday morning, I get up here. Because here's, here's the reality. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth in, in many ways, is nothing more than replacing lies with truth. Spiritual growth in many ways is nothing more than replacing lies with truth. And the reality is, there, there are three things that happen to us when it comes to being faced with truth. It's, it's, it's true of, of Ahab, who's heard it time and time and time again. So much so that he's heard the truth and he virtually ignores it and goes, goes into battle. When he recognized something could potentially be wrong. The truth about truth is this. Here's, here's the three things that happens with truth. Number one, it can dull our senses. How many people, how, how many of us, okay, let, let's go this way. How many of us have, have seen the tragedies around the world? And it's true in everything, but we just lack compassion anymore about it. Because we've seen it so many times. How many, you know, like we all suffer from that. Compassion fatigue or whatever. Or how many times do you have, you know, I I don't know. Like in the last, uh, I remember one particular week, we seemed to have every group knock on our door asking for money. And right, and and you kind of get to the point where you say, you know what? All of this is good, but I can only do so much. Doesn't take away from the truth at all. But it can dull our senses. And, and here's the important thing. Because our senses get dulled to everything else around us, when God is speaking to us, when God is bringing people into our lives, when we need to hear some hard truths, when we, need, like, we can just become desensitized to all of it. And it doesn't matter anymore. And you say, you know, why should I care? Because this is just what I've experienced time and time and time and time 
again. And we can actually become desensitized to the truth. You know, you can sit in church. Hey, you can sit in church for years and not ever, ever get beyond a certain level. Because you just get numbed by what you hear. Every Christmas, what do you hear? And do you gain the wonder of that? Every Easter, you're reminded about what? The resurrection. But how much does it change your present reality? It's, you, guys, you guys tracking with me? Okay, this is, you know, and, and, and listen, you, you know, there, there might be a part of your life where truth is really having difficulty getting in. It, it, you know, your personal life, your, your health, your, you know, whatever. You're so, you know, you might do really well in all these other areas, but there might be a place in your life where God is trying to speak into your life and you're totally desensitized to it. Like Ahab. Secondly, it can actually harden our hearts. It can harden us more. We get so tired, of, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm sick of it, and, 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 and you know what? It doesn't matter. In fact, you'll consciously do everything you can to go in the opposite direction of what you need to hear and what you need to know. And it breaks. There, there, there are those of you in the room right now who have people very close to you that have totally hardened their heart, and it breaks your heart because they're totally hardened. And they don't want to hear it anymore. They've had enough of it. Or, or you know, or, or, you know they've, they've, been, they've been hurt so much by the church. They've been hurt so much. Or, you know, all we want is money. You know, you, you hear it all the time. And they're totally, totally hardened to any kind of truth being brought into their life because their, hard, their hearts are absolutely hardened. And again... It breaks your heart because you wish they would open up to it. Harden their hearts. Number three, or it can actually transform us. It can actually transform us. And that's, and, 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 and that's why as, as religious community, as followers of Jesus Christ, it's all about imparting truth in, into your life. You know, um, you, you, you know, truth is such an important component of what God wants to bring into your life so you live it with eyes wide open. And, you know, here's, here's the next point about truth that I want to make. And I think this is why the tension happens so much in most of our lives. Here's the truth about, here's the truth about um, it exposes the worst in us, but it fights for the best in us, okay? How many of us have somebody who's spoken truthfully into our lives and we don't like what they say, right? Because they're exposing something in us, okay? But if that person cares for you, if that person loves you, if that person is speaking into your life because they want to speak into your life, what they're really saying you know, if they care about you, is this is a bad thing for you and you need to hear the truth so the better part of you lives, right? They're actually trying to speak truth into your life so the bad thing that they see, the thing that's harmful and hurtful, not just to you but to others, is, is exposed. We don't like it. It bothers us. 
You know, the older we get, we say, you know, I'll never change. You hear that all the time. And listen, God is all about change. You cannot be a believer here this morning and say, this is the way I am. Nothing can ever be different. I, I, you know what? I, in the deepest part of me, I cannot accept that no matter what. I cannot accept that. Because if we truly believe in a God that breathes the universe into existence, he can change anything and anybody. Right? We cannot, you know, think that we're all, you know, psychologically or, or you know, brain fixed in, in such a way. And truth is one of those things that, that, that we talk about all the time. Because what we do today, what we do today has effects for tomorrow. And if we're blind to the truth, if our hearts are hardened to the truth, if we're not, you know, if not open to hearing the truth, it's going to affect us down the road. Because when God speaks into your life, God is speaking truth into your life all the time. You know, God is not an author of lies. The devil is, right? And, and it's, it's so important. I want to take you to this passage um, from the Gospel of John. That, you know, you've heard it many, many times. Jesus says to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples. Here's this. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You hear people quote that all the time. In the context, the context of that passage is if you follow Jesus and follow his teachings, his truth, that's when you know the truth and that is what sets you free. See, many of us, you know, um, you know, I've said many times, I've said this in class, I've said this in churches all, all the time. I don't know, I don't know entirely your, your whole life, but I know for every one of, 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 every one of you in here this morning, you're living with at least one lie in your life. I, I know that. You're human. I, I, I hope you're human. Um, right? <laughs> You know, that, that's the reality of, 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 of being human is that each and every one of us at some level are living with some lie in our life that God wants to correct, that God wants to speak truth into. And spiritual development is really living a life that's truthful with everything. And, you know, it's a huge tension in, in our culture. It's a huge problem in our culture because we don't like talking about truth. And that's the difficult tension that we have because when we stand up here every Sunday morning, it's all about conveying truth. What is it in your life that you're not listening to God about and your heart's been hardened to it or you become desensitized to it, I read a, I read a fascinating, uh, I read a fascinating article this this week. Uh, Elon Musk, you know, from Tesla and SpaceX. If you know anything about him, and 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 had Bill Gates involved in it, and a number of other uh, big technology guys. And you know, you know what their biggest fear of the future is. They're, they're all saying this together. If you, if you get on uh, some of these articles, they're all talking about the same thing. They are really fearful. They say the most dangerous thing that's going to happen to humanity, more dangerous than the nuclear bomb, is 
robots. Because eventually the technology is getting to the point that robots are going to be conscious at some level. And who is going to teach robots any kind of morality and truth? And they, uh, I'm sorry? Terminator. Terminator, yeah. I know it sounds, it's, it sounds a, little, a little bit like Terminator. But that's, they're actually, these guys, these, these technology guys who are multi-millionaire, multi-billionaires, and they've, they've, you know, because of technology, that's what they're saying, that the most fearful thing that's going to happen to our planet is when the robots start to take over. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And because we as a humanity haven't figured out the morality truth question and when the robots they have no ability to be able to rationalize and all that kind of stuff you know we said at the beginning right the truth will eventually catch up to you the truth will eventually catch up to you it caught up to ahab through the mouth of a prophet who God had spoken to do his life time and time and time and time and time again. Till finally he got to the point that God gave him a final word of truth. And even though he heard it, he ignored it. And truth ignored will cause ripples in your life that you regret somewhere down the road. Let's pray. Father, thank you for...